You're listening to the Precision Shooting Podcast, discussing all aspects of precision and long-range rifle shooting. This episode is brought to you by STS Steel Targets, premium shooting targets and accessories. And now, over to your hosts. Well, hello and welcome to the Precision Shooting Podcast. This is episode number 67. My name is Rusty and uh, joining me tonight are a couple of, uh, I guess, familiar voices, uh, although they haven't been on a podcast for a little while. Um, those of you guys who have been listening for a while will remember Mr. Ben Johnson from the Armory. How are you, Ben? Good, Rusty. Thanks for having me. No, Appreciate well, it. thanks for having me. We're actually at your place. You so are. You are. <laughs> I'm feeling You're welcome. very, very welcomed up here, actually, right now. And uh, also sitting here is uh, Dan Incoll. Um, Good day, mate. How are you? Oh, I'm, I'm good. You got a, You got. You're putting your voice on differently for this episode. Yeah. <laughs> so Dan's been on a couple of episodes. I think you, you guys have been obviously both on the Flinders one. Yeah, a little while. Oh, ago. It was a good time. That was epic. That was the best podcast I've been involved with <laughs> in for a long time. I think you're. Uh, I think you're. You're referring to the uncensored podcast. Oh yes, that one. Yeah, that was good. That was really good. Uh, the two-hour uncensored one. That's right. <laughs> that's right. And then uh, we also. I, I think you both were on the the one we did from the pub. Uh, actually, that was uh, yeah. you were both on that one. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see that one coming. No, you, you snuck me in on that one. I did. I said, "Hey, you get on." And yep. um, and then also, Ben, you've been on the one we did at Shot Expo in Sydney last year. Yep. So there's a bit of a history lesson. All the uh, is there any other appearances that you remember? No, not I can think of. No, but anyway, no. that that'll do it. So you guys are um, perhaps familiar with these voices, but the uh, Dan does some stuff with Impact Dynamics, and Ben runs uh, the Armory up north of Adelaide, and uh, so two gentlemen who are fairly involved in the the shooting side of things, and these guys might appear from time to time uh, a little bit more if you guys are happy to. Love to have you on from uh, from time to time because you have plenty I'll of experiences. You think? Yeah, I talk to your people. We'll see how tonight goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's very cool. So I, I wanted to ask you guys before we get into our main topics for the night is a little bit about your shooting experiences, maybe a little bit about some of the gear you're running. So Dan, start with you, mate. Tell us about some of the calibers you're sort of are pretty familiar with or you run currently. What's uh, sure what sort of stuff you're doing? I'm pretty much all about Ackley Improve these days. <laughs> Yep. Um, yeah, we know that. Most, yeah. <laughs> if you go back far enough, I've always had a twenty-two, two fifty, but mm-hmm. seem to be using that less these days. So I'm thinking about rechambering it. Okay. Oh, no, sorry. Into twenty-two, two fifty Ackley. No. I'm, oh wow. It might be a seven millimeter something. I think. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay, and that's um, a, and what are you using mostly now? My two four three Ackley. Yeah, it's my workhorse. Yeah. It's my go-to. It's the only thing really shooting at the moment. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You've got other guns that are not, not quite doing the playing the game. No, but yeah. And I also have a 308 Ackley, which I'm still working on. We had some issues with dies and so forth, but it's an ongoing battle. But do you know the I th- thing shoots and it's really good. I think it'd be really interesting once you do resolve these problems, because you don't want to bring up sore points with you right now. Yeah, sure. So once you do resolve those problems, we do a podcast um, about the problems you've had, because they've been interesting. It's been a real learning curve. Oh, totally. Not only just for you, but those watching in the, yeah. the background. Yeah. It's been, yeah, yeah kind of seen stuff I've never seen before. Yeah, well, well, especially I've always... people doing wildcat calibers, you know. Mm. That's... Yeah, I was going to say, I've always been sort of mainstream. I've not, never been one for the custom and the you know hot rod stuff and i've just sort of fallen in that hole somehow <laughs> it's all about that now these days <laughs> yeah fighting with things to make them work yeah yeah very good and and what um your 243 which is your main one what yep. uh what gun's that uh it's a just a howler 
Yeah, mean just been, a Howard. It's just, a Howard. Just a good old cheapo Howard. <laughs> <laughs> I've had it from new. Um, yeah. Burnt the first barrel out, the factory barrel, which went a long way. I got over 4,000 rounds with, mm. and it got hammered hard. I ran it hot. Um, it spent its last probably 1,000 rounds of life as an Ackley, which mm. I made all my brass from. And I'm surprised I got what I did out of it because it was running, you know, like light pills really fast. Um, it's got a swan barrel on it now, which is probably maybe got a thousand rounds left in it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And um, once that's done, it'll have its third barrel on. And, and the I'll, action's still going strong. Action's good, yeah. I've, I've, um, uh, Nick Hallowell's trued it for me. Yep. Um, we haven't had to fix anything on it. It's, it's still going strong. Yeah, sweet. Yeah. Yeah, very yeah. good. And, um, What's and it on? Is it just on the standard Hauer um, stock, or what have you got on? It's 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 that that's about to be changed. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <it laughs> was leading question, leading the witness. revealing things we're not meant to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're getting a bit ahead of ourselves here, but uh, it's in an Axiom stock. But it's yeah, I'm, I've currently got a custom chassis being built, which should be on in about a month. Nice. So. Um, There'll be pictures of it everywhere once it's done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll make sure we share them out as well. Yeah, that cool. would be, be good fun. And uh, Ben, what about you, mate? Um, you're, uh, what are you running most? I know you've been pretty excited about a couple of things recently. Yeah, well, I um, recently invested in a massive thing. Um, I bought a Seiko M10, so that's been my dream gun for the last probably seven years, I would say. And finally sold enough and enough kidneys and everything else to be able to buy it and, and run it that way. Brilliant. Um, I also started out with 250 is my favorite favorite caliber. I actually Makes uh, three of us. used to do a lot of roost shooting up north when I lived in Wyala. So we used to go out and do a lot of culling up there just to um, help the farmers out. Yep. So, and then got into understanding a little bit more about long range and precision shooting and stuff like that so instead of just having a laser beam like the 250 was um i wanted to see what the capabilities of some other guns were and and the m10 has just been really impressive really yeah because that's that switch barrel isn't it yeah so <clears throat> you've got 308 300 and 338 um lapua magnum off, off of it and the barrel switchover process takes about five minutes yep um, comes with own torque wrench and toolkit and everything like that, so you'd expect for that much on a on a gun. Um, but um, the loads and doing the load development on it, uh, the results have been really impressive, really really good. So. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I'm in love with that. I, I still love my two four three as well. That's probably the workhorse that I've got. I've got a Seiko eighty five that I do most of my uh, varminting with, mm -hmm. and so that 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 gets a lot of work. Yeah, so. excellent. Mm. Very good. And, and how's that 338 going? Because that's your most recent acquisition. Yeah, isn't it? yeah, it's good. It's really good. We um, we did some fun 1,000 uh, meter tests with it and. Tests. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's just. Oh, <laughs> it shoots like I'm, well. I'm holding six mil. Are, at, you, ta are you talking about the time uh, I was here? Yeah, yeah. 1,000 yeah. meters, I'm like holding six mil, which is mental. And mm. 15, we were, when Dan was here, we were doing. 15 mile an hour winds and it was just like we're just looking at it going what's that you know yeah so what you're telling me is you haven't haven't quite stretched the legs on it yet no only 15 not mile at hour all winds. not yeah. at all no nah, there's plenty of time yep. plenty of time to go with that yep fantastic excellent and and that probably brings us on to what what do you guys shoot sort of on a regular basis what type these of shooting days you do and stuff? steel steel <laughs> yeah probably the majority of it yeah 
Yeah, and and but sort of long range shooting, I guess, is uh, is majority of what you're doing. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and and it's long range either hunting or just target shooting or or um, practice and that sort of thing. So, but you guys are both pretty uh, pretty keen varmint hunters as well, aren't you? Mm. Totally. Yeah, yep. spotlighting and that sort of thing. You yeah. did. You would have seen how many foxes are hanging on the fence on your way in. There's four <laughs> up there at the moment. So yeah, I didn't because I, I couldn't see past the lights on Dan's car. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I had my light going. Oh yeah, did you? <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, okay. Well, that's uh, that's good. I guess you know, there's so many. The story for so many of us is that's the case. Is that we we get into the spotlighting and want to push it further and further. That's certainly Badco's story. Is that mm. he sort of you know was going. Well, I need to be able to learn to shoot further, and we do yeah. that, and then. Yeah, hang on, this is quite this is quite fun. This is quite good, and um, and it really develops uh, further and further. You catch the bug pretty quickly. It's very easy to do. That's for sure. So, am I the only person? Just made me think of something. Who's been out hunting, seen a fox or whatever, and perfect chance to take the shot, and gone not nah, too close. You know, like a hundred meters away or two hundred. You've never done that, Ben. I've done that. You've done? Yeah. 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 Too, I thought too it might close. be crazy. No, no yeah. way. You go too close. It's yeah. like, come on, dude, you don't even have a chance. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's one there's one fox that was coming at us one night when we were whistling him up, and he was running at the spotlight. Yeah. It's great. When and happens. it was like, okay, he's getting, he's <laughs> the trajectory is shrinking <laughs> radically because yeah. he's going so fast. And it was like, look, if you want him, you can, you can have him. Come on. Yeah. I'm not shooting that. You know, <laughs> yeah. That thing is dumb ass. So. Yeah, I've seen that. I've had one coming at the ute. I had a mate on the back of the ute, and um, this thing's running at us. And I kept whistling. And my mate's going, make it stop, make it stop. It's getting closer. And before long, it's like you could hear the fence. Yep. You hear the fence like going twang, 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 because it's running. I'm right, like, it's coming it. to get you, man. Yep. Shoot, shoot. Yeah, that's right. It's a, it's <laughs> a zombie, zombie fox. Us. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the shot was never taken. Exactly. I like that the fox was coming to get it. What's it going to do? Yeah, I know. Mm. Anyway. He was one of them guys you could play with, you know. He believed it. <laughs> <laughs> New shooter. City boy. <laughs> City guy. Southern. That's it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> nice. And um, you know what, Dan? I'm not I'm not sure I've passed up a fox because it's too close. I've passed up other game because it's too close, but yeah. not a fox. Yeah, okay. Rabbits, goats. But I think I'm I'm always happy to take a fox. Sort of no matter what. Yeah. Yep. I think the reason I have is because or whatever. Yeah, whatever yeah. we need. You just well, you put your rifle down and just use a shotgun if you're that close. <laughs> I went through I went through this stage of trying to shoot them further and further and record it, you know. So I remember out, that stage. Yeah. Out, out my way, I would see them all the time and I would sort of my job was doing a lot of farm work and stuff, so I could do recon and work out where that fox was all the time. He'd always hang out there so I could set up a stage on a hill nearby and so I would sometimes come across them when I didn't expect it and didn't want to, and uh, 50 metres running across the road, and I'm like, no, nah, I'll take him tomorrow morning and try and get him at 700. Or so it was a delayed stupid. harvest is what it was. It yeah, was a delayed I think, harvest. yeah, yeah. I think I think that that's where the circumstances, because, you know, for me to go shoot a fox and be able to shoot, I can see them literally on my front lawn. Yeah. Um, I've seen three of them out there, and I live in very much suburbia, but yeah. the to actually go and shoot one, I'd need to drive... Um, 45 to an hour away really yeah, yeah. and so if I'm going to see one I'm, yeah, I'm going to take it I'm going to take it whereas uh, whereas we could just ben, walk out the door behind yeah, you there, there and there could actually be one in the shed behind <laughs> yeah, that's us right exactly <laughs> so uh, yeah no fair fair enough so that's perhaps why I've never passed up a, a fo- I've certainly missed foxes I've, <laughs> I've not intentionally oh, passed them up yeah we all yeah. have no kidding well, hang yeah. on, we don't miss do we Ben yeah I do <laughs> 
It's only yeah, that didn't that. work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's two honest people in the room. Uh, good. Excellent. And um, and Ben, we were up in Brisbane uh, a few weeks ago. How long is it? Was, yeah. We were, what is it, three That's weeks? That's nearly a month. Three weeks at least. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yep. And uh, I know we t- we touched on it with um, with Greg last uh, last episode, um, but the, how did you like the show? Was there anything that was notable? I mean, we we mentioned I think the other uh, the other week about the Victrix rifles and a couple of bits and pieces. Was there anything that grabbed your attention that was out and and kicking about? Yeah, I I went around. Obviously, you know we're we're fairly inundated at any of those shows anyway. Yep. So to get away to actually look. Um, it was interesting how the traffic came through actually when people were, were looking around and it would sort of wave through. So when everything died down, we were able to walk around and look, um, you know, there was some, we went and had a look at the, um, the push button return center fire rifle that's now making an entrance into the market, um, where it's basically, is that, that, that orange colored? Well, orange no, there's not an orange. It's mm-hmm. it's like a it looks like an 870 right. um, shape. So it's just like any mo- most semi-auto rifles. Mm-hmm. Except what happens is on the return, you push a button on the right hand side, it drops the lever, and then rechambers the next round. So yep. Stewie and I went and had a look at one of those when we were there, and interesting uh, concept. Um, it's it's a it's definitely set up more for a a boar hunting type rifle engagement, you know, like sure. you want a quick yep. follow up shot and all that sort of thing, or else you're going to get tusked or whatever. So very very <laughs> um, European in the way it's um, yeah, okay. set up, you know, very much like the um, uh, morale, I think it is that uh, oh, Winchester yeah. are doing. Yep. So very um, beautifully made though. Like you know the walnut stocks and and the the engineering on them were really nice, so that was that was cool to look at one of those, um, and we just played with it briefly to have a look. Um, it was it's always good to see familiar faces in those shows, so um, mm. seeing all the all the usual um, other companies that are there and and being able to catch up with them and you know the Lithgow guys and and be able to talk with them and and what they're going through and what they're doing, even though I think one of them was just coming for guest speaking. Um, just showing off, really. Yeah, I think yeah. he was just showing off, really. So, um, which is great. And then um, I went and had a look at the, um, I know I'm going to get this wrong, Outer Edge projectiles as well. Yes. And I went yep. and had a really long chat with him about some of the, because obviously we're getting into the 338 and 300 long-range shooting. Um, I wanted to have a chat about his projectiles and, sure. and twist rates and all that sort of thing and it was it was really cool he's, he's a very knowledgeable man yeah absolutely. um and yeah we're going to continue to grow that relationship i think too to mm. to see what 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 it's like and what progresses from it so yeah well the um so with projectile warehouse is now stocking them Beautiful. and they should be in stock Later this week. Excellent. So if you're needing some of those, check out them. Um, and But you're right, they look really good um, and certainly keen to sort of get some downrange and spend mm. some time. Yeah, uh, exactly. Using some. And they're also not, for what they are, they're not ridiculously expensive. No, Compa- I was very surprised. Yeah, com- compared to the competition in that, and you've got to remember it's within that category because um, they're, they're monolithic projectiles um, and they're, they're quite well-priced and local, meaning that availability should be a lot better. 
Hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how they go. Um, keen to try them. I'm, mm. I'm, I'm planning on trying them in my 338. Yeah, I want to see what they look like too. Yeah, as well as maybe so. the 260. Yeah. Uh, could be good as well. Yeah. So. Now, yeah. that, that Rolf you're talking about, was that the Riverman OAF? Does that ring any bells? No, it's a, no? it's. Uh, I think it's a. It's an interesting. It's an interesting name. I'll find out while right. while you're talking to Dan, and I'll I bet you I'll, I'll get to it in a second. <laughs> <laughs> I'll Google search it as well. Nice. And how was Shot Expert for you, Dan? <laughs> uh, well, I just fell asleep. I wasn't listening. So yeah. I wasn't there. So, yeah. so I was out here missing foxes. Mm, yeah. And I, I thought you didn't I miss. It all. I didn't. Yeah, I thought you didn't miss foxes. Apparently, I do. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden, got humble. Make you all feel better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant! Excellent. So Ben has not been able to find what this uh, gun is called. So we shall move on from that, and uh, he may he'll probably be distracted throughout the podcast now. Um, yeah, moving looking, on, Ben. Moving looking on. for no, that. I'm not going to move on. I'm going to message Stewie right now to find out so he can <laughs> freaking let me know. Stu was going to uh, can actually be here tonight, but then had a parenting glass on. <laughs> Just tell everybody. Give me that, Rusty. And. I'd, I'd sort of was going to say to him that, mate, whatever, you know, hey, two hours or something for your parenting class, you're not going to learn enough about parenting in two no hours. It, it's not worth it. We'll, we'll teach you more. We're all dads. We'll, yeah. we'll teach you more in mm-hmm. in an hour of podcasting about yeah. parenting. Um, I mean, just trying to keep you two in line is, is challenging enough. I mean, hey. Hey, that's right. Amen <laughs> to that. Okay, we'll see what happens. Message right. sent. Message sent. We're underway. Cool. So, um, Move on. we shall. Is there anything you guys wanted to make mention of? Any? I could go a coffee. Yeah, good. We'll have to come back to that. <laughs> oh, the look I got. <laughs> My wife already gave you one, pal. That was a, a look of, you can make your own damn <laughs> coffee. That's right. <laughs> you know where the coffee pot is. I, I hope you bought your own coffee because yeah, yeah. that's the only way you're getting that's some. It. Yeah, good. So, um, but not, nothing else apart from beverages that you want to make a mention of. Any equipment you guys are staring down or anything you're working on or anything along those lines? Oh, I got the uh, radius. Um, the oh, Silence yeah. Co. Radius working on the M10 yeah, at the moment cool. now. It's really cool. Um, nice. Re-zeroed it the other day. Oh, speaking of which, that's the one I keep mentioning that I ordered from you and never got. But also, we had we were on the second Irish pub when I ordered to. That's right. Yeah, that's and right. I, I'm still waiting for that of, payment to go through. It just never happened. So that's yeah. why yeah, it just never eventuated. <laughs> Badco keeps reminding me that I perhaps should have bought it up with you the next day. Yeah. <laughs> Which is <laughs> the probably, Irish pub's not a good idea. No, especially the second Irish pub. So no, that's it's right. probably uh, probably fair call. Mm-hmm. But anyway, now now I've told told you about it, and uh, now we can ignore it for another three months. Yes, well. So, but you've got one that's working well. Yeah, they're working really really good. Um, so I've been doing some day tests and night tests with it. Mm-hmm. It's called a Venroy Caron. Is oh, the Verne rifle Car- Verney Caron? That's yeah. the one. Yes, that's the, the rifle we looked where's, at. Where's that made? Italy, Italy or something? Yeah, yeah. Europe somewhere. I think. Yeah, I just I made he that up. He thinks he spelled okay. it wrong on the message, so that's fine. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know the ones. Yeah, they they do look good. Um Yeah, they're yeah. just it was a pretty gun. Um hmm. I don't know, practically probably not um a long range style rifle. Why are we talking about it? Then? It's a really <laughs> yeah, it was a really small barrel as well, like yeah. a real sporter, um, you know, lightweight yeah. barrel on it. So yeah, Dan was fluted. That rest my case. Dan doesn't go well with thin metal. <laughs> As we found out before, he couldn't pa- open the pack of Oreos. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, it was too thin for him. He's trying again. He still can't get the damn thing. 
<laughs> Get help now, Ben. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, if there's uh, nothing else to bring up, we are going to move into our topic for the night, which uh, is basically along the lines of do you hold or do you dial? Yeah, that's yep. the gun. Yep. I can see. Yep. I, I remember okay. it. I've seen it. Let it go, ben. So, So back to the topic. Did you say I found it? <laughs> He's so proud about Leave the fact. Leave me alone. So, I found it. I found thank it. you, my friend. I had to message someone Stewie, to get them thank to remind you. me. But, thank uh, you, Stewie. Yeah, thanks, Stewie. Enjoy he your does this, Rusty. We'll just talk over you. Enjoy, enjoy, I can, enjoy your parenting course. See, the, the really good thing about that is I can just uh, mute him pretty oh, quick. Oh, cool. Look so, at that. There hey, we go. Mr. No, America, no can you hear me? <laughs> <laughs> I I'll can bring, hear you, but the viewers can't. <laughs> I'll bring you back into it there, Ben. (laughs) 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 Oh, good. Okay. So, uh, I don't know if you heard the topic uh, mentioned, but it was was a few minutes ago. Yeah, we got distracted. I was still looking at the thing. The thing. Yeah, good. Good. And um, it was about, do you hold or do you dial? Now, of course, talking about scopes and adjustments and such like that. So, I guess there's two main ways of, of applying that information you have is some people will dial up their turrets up and down and left and right, a bit of both or whatever it is. Then others will hold. They'll use their reticle entirely. They won't touch their turrets and away they go and they'll point where they need to with their reticle. Um, generally, you know, the Christmas tree reticles are more favorable for that sort of thing. And then some people do combinations of both. So what yeah. about you guys? What do you do? All three. Dan? Um, yeah, okay. All right. I then said this wasn't going to go long. You said this was going to be a small area. talk <laughs> about here. Right? I knew it would happen. All right, yeah. so hunting environment. Okay, let's... I'm, I'm out shooting foxes at long range, right? I would almost never die a wind, all right? Mm-hmm. Now, if I was... You know, I shoot a 243 and a 308. So if you're shooting really far, you know, you're out past transonic and it's very windy... It's going to be a lot of wind to hold, right? So let's say well, I use a NXS with MOAR. If I have to hold something like 13 MOA or more, I'm going to dial that on, soak it all up, get back into the middle of my scope. I don't want to be holding out right on edge of scope. I want to be in the middle of my glass. It's yep. probably the only time I would dial wind. Okay. Yeah. Cool. But you generally will dial your elevation in, in that Absolutely. environment? Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. All right. Um, ben, what about you, mate? In, in that hunting environment, let's say, of armoring or something like that, what do you? what's your main course of action? Yeah, well, lo- a lot of the varmiting that I've done in the past, I've, I've only done hold anyway. So I will, I'll do a holdover because most of the spotlighting you, you know, I mean, one of my longest shots at night with a spotlight was 450, 454 meters, actually. I think the bullet is up. The casing is there. Um is but that, yeah, is that meant to be proof? It's meant to be proof, yeah. Because <laughs> I can, um, I can see it. Because the fo- wow. and the photo is behind it's, it's you, proof. actually on the wall of death <laughs> that I've got. It's, it's, it is there. <laughs> yep. Um So you know, I just did a. Is that the one of you looking disappointed and dejected? Yeah, no, one? that was no, that was the other one. That was <laughs> okay, that was what I ate just before. <laughs> um, but no, it's so. <laughs> what <laughs> with that sort of environment because it's a quick. Acquisition, target acquisition. Yep. I would not sit there, whistle, whatever. I'd just hold and let go yeah, and, sure. and then shoot. What, um, what reticle? I'm using MOAR in mine too. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so I've yep. got an excess with mine um, with the 243. Yeah, I was going to say, when, that night we went out hmm. and I used your Seiko. Had a yeah, it was identical. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Um, hmm. So that that's one of the, when we're talking long range, 
Like yeah, we, okay. Well, let's let's move on to sort of long range. We've, 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 so long range. Obviously, our last um, podcast that we were on with the Flinders trip mm. was I was quite um, upset with. Um, I could see no, I wasn't upset. I was I could see the limitations of the gear that I was running. Right. Um, to the point where I was doing more holdovers than I was dialing. Because because of. Uh, I suppose they're, they just did not have the magnification, first of all, to see the target. If I was then to, so I had to hold magnification back so that I could see yeah. the holdover. That's right. Yeah. Um, because um, you really went down. Both of them were second focal plane as well. Mm. So, so did you just, not have enough elevation? Yeah, yeah pretty much. Okay. So I so ran out of elevation out, straight. Yeah, you didn't yeah, have enough. And I peaked out real early. So it was like, <laughs> man, it was. You're doing it tough. It was, it was very tough. Yeah. Um, so it was one of those things. And then I didn't have the two. I realized I had to swap around a lot of my gear too because I had um, a couple other different brands on my bigger guns that yeah. I should have swapped out um, for the ones that I was using more so. So I had a 300 Win Mag uh, Tika Tactical that I had um, that I would that I put a a second focal plane high magnification scope on. Yeah, but it ran out of elevation real quick, so quick <laughs> that it was useless. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to mention any names or anything. And then, uh, so I should have taken the one off my two four three and put it on there, and actually had that because then I knew I had enough um, adjustment for elevation. So mm. I could see that my even my choice for gear to take on a trip like that was limited straight away. Obviously, I still got had some successful yeah, shots. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Um, which was great to be able to um, put myself under that kind of pressure to do something that was out of the comfort zone. Mm. Um, now that I've upgraded all my gear, uh, you know, the confidence level just goes through the roof with being able to dial at those long ranges, have it all set up, and then seeing where your splash is with, you know, using a first focal plane, seeing where the splash is recorrecting on wind, whatever it may be. And, you know, and then just making sure you have a caliber choice that looks at the that winds and laughs. That's what I put So back onto the, the spotlighting side of things, I'm, I'm in a bit of a, uh, well, the, the setup I've got and is a, a 22 to 50 and it's got a Zeiss uh, die range on it, which is that fancy Zeiss that you press a button and it tells you the range. Now that's. Really good for spotting, uh, for spotlighting, uh, as you know, Dan. Though you've been out before with me with it, but we were doing a bit of competition shooting, <laughs> and I was wondering how you were picking up the long shots so easily before me. I'm thinking, hey, hang on, hang on, on, on that's a <laughs> cheater, sneaky bugger. That's it. Well equipped, I'd like to say. Well yeah. equipped. Uh-huh. The downside of that scope is that the the reticle is just a duplex. Uh, and it's not a very creative duplex, uh, and also the turret is capped and not easy to dial and not no, not numbered or anything. Actually. And I, I had debated for a long time because um, I can get either or both changed to dial or to hold. And you know what? I, I never I never made a decision one way or the other, so I never really got it done. And I probably still should get it done because the, the scope works really well. So uh, yeah, it's an interesting one at the moment. I I, I think a little while ago I probably would have got the dial done. But now I'm probably actually more inclined to get the, the reticle. reticle done. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Mm. So um, it is a second focal plane scope, but it is a, a 12 power. So I'm pretty comfortable running oh, that perfect, yeah. at, at 12 yeah, power yeah. the whole time. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. So uh, I guess the same for me. And, and prior to using that particular scope, I used the NXS uh, three and a half to fifteen, and that I, I held because it was a uh, it wasn't the MIR reticle because apparently I'm not in the club, but it was an MP one uh, reticle which okay. was yeah you know, yep. similar. The, I guess very the much pre- the same. Yeah, very similar in terms of measurement. So I would use that, and I would I would um, I reckon back then I dialed. Yep. But now I'd probably at be, night. At night. Okay. Yeah, but now I'd be much more inclined to hold. Yeah. Um, because I, I was saying earlier that out hunting, I would, I would dial my elevation, but yeah. you guys keep referring back to spotlighting. Okay, I would hold during night time because I thought we were talking about long range, but you know, no, it, it would, uh, yeah, fair point, fair point. I so four hundred meters is not a lot to dial. You wouldn't have time to dial. You know, it's, I, I think it's that's where it, drops, hold, take yeah, the shot. Yeah, where a lot of it comes down to. So, so into competition then. Sure. What do you? What would you do? What would you suggest, or what do you use? I in competition, I will dial whenever I. I'm more comfortable with dialing. Okay. I think. Um, so whenever I have the chance, I will dial. But certain ranges only, though, right, Dan? Anything over a certain range and above, right? Because if up to six hundred meters, you know your hold. Off by heart, it's I'll not going to be. I'll still dial. Yeah, yeah okay. Um, okay. I mean, Might know the most, data most stages will give you enough time to dial. Yep. Um, if if time is of the essence, or I'm not allowed to dial, I'm capable of holds. Yep. I think I'm just. I like to hold center scope. P- PRS oh. skill stage four is is yeah. one where you're not allowed to dial. We so we had a run through of that on the weekend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, how'd that go for you? Was that? Um, that was good. I had no trouble with it, and it was kind of cool to get it because I hadn't used holds only and not been able to not touch my dials for a while so when that stage we went through course of fire i was like okay i haven't done this for a while cool <laughs> i remember how to do this yeah. everything's going to be fine then <laughs> so so come back to that for competition then sure. um you say you dial your elevation mm-hmm. it, clarifying it is only elevation what do you do wind wise uh same as hunting it's just always hold wind Hold wind. Yeah, I don't yeah. like unless to get it's an extreme wind. amount. Exactly, yeah. which is usually for the extreme long range shots, and you've got time to dial your wind. You know, you got time to think about. You know, mm. make that more educated wind call. Dial on the extreme amount of hold you might need, but on the fly, comp hunting, whatever, it's always just holds. I don't. Yeah, because even if you're dialing on that wind at extreme long range, mm. the second follow up shot is usually hold anyway. Yeah. Because you're not, you're not going to sit and there if, and... You know, <laughs> you might make a wing yeah. call and you, you know, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I think yep. I'm about 4M away. I'll dial that on and um, get ready for the shot. And then you, a big gust comes. Well, where yep. am I now? Now I'm dialing back. I'm dialing forward. I'm mm. getting lost. You know, holds are the, uh, are the way to go. Don't yep. get locked into that call, I think. That's mm. it. Mm. That's about, my preference. Anyway. What about you, Ben? Are you similar in, in that sort of more PRS-style environment? Yeah, I think so. I think I would dial um, more so than hold. On those sort of... For elevation uh, or windage? Or? For elevation. I don't think I would... I think I would just hold wind as well. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it's one one factor that if you're at max power or anything like that with with the gear that I'm running now, I think it would be much easier to recorrect yep. than farting around with, uh, with a windage dial anyway. And then especially if not only that, I mean the, the first PRS... Um, stage that I shot was an epic failure anyway because remember I'd uh, I'd hadn't dialed in or I hadn't put in the information properly into my um, yeah, dope, right. you know the doping like I didn't have the 50 MOA 
elevation had already had. Yep. I hadn't uh, accumulated any of those other factors in scope height. That was the main one. Yeah. Because I think I had it like 1.5 inches and it's actually 2.85 inches above the barrel. Right. Which makes a massive difference when you're shooting four or 500 meters. So, nah. um, <laughs> huge mistake. <laughs> but so that that it just gets a lot of people. That one. Yeah, well, you know, yeah. um, oh, the, so, the one I like is when they put in uh, millimeters rather than inches, yeah, or yeah. vice versa. Yeah, simple that, mistake. Yeah, that always happens. Exactly. Yeah, yeah mm. things what twelve inches above your. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. <laughs> that's um, but yeah, so that that was one of the things you can then. It's easier to correct when you're doing two different ranges. Sure. Um, you know, by dialing one, dialing the second one, you're just worrying about your elevation. I'm not then going to worry about if there's, let's say the, like that one that one stage that we had with uh, three stroke out there. Sure. Um, as it went around the curve, the wind was reacting different out in the open paddock than it was next to the tree line. So it's like, okay, well the wind's going to be slightly different, but I'm allowed, I can handle that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Mm. You just made me think of another thing where you might um, dial elevation and hold as well. You may be running a stage where you got two targets, and you might dial for the one. Yep. You might be alternating between the two. This, so yeah, this case, is my you're next using question. Both techniques. Yeah, this, this is my next question. Is is the combination stuff? So, um, look, I, I generally, I generally used to uh, dial for a lot of this stuff. Yeah. And and then I, you know, when I went up to Darwin, I obviously used a gun that I wasn't familiar with, and. I found it a lot simpler because um, then I started doing a bit of combination stuff and mm-hmm. not being familiar with the gear, it sort of fell over real quick for me. So yep. I I just went, you know, I'm just going to hold everything because yep. at least that way I know what I'm doing with yeah. everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and from there, uh, I, I did a lot better by doing that process. So I didn't bother about dialing and I was using a scope I was not familiar with. So it, it worked. I found it worked a lot better um, to hold. And the reticle was, was uh, appropriate for that. It was quite a useful reticle for that. Although it was a, um, it was like a, uh, not duplex. It, did, it wasn't a Christmas tree reticle is what I'm trying to say. It was yeah. like an MOA or sorry. Uh, like it was a, a mill dot, something like that. Yeah. But yeah, it was quite, it was quite popular with information, yep. but it wasn't wide in the windage stuff. Yeah, sure. And whereas I use the, um, in the colors, the SK uh, MR3, uh, to Anna 3, uh, which I find uh, very, very useful to use in holding. So I, I guess I've gone to hold and, and I'm, I've seen a lot of guys fall over trying to do combinations of both, and yeah. I've been in that process myself. And and I think if you got really familiar with doing it and you're really conscious of doing it, but I, I see a lot of guys do it, and then they they've dialed up a mill and they shoot a target, and then they hold the next one, and then they go back and they hold again, but they hold from zero up rather than remembering yeah, they got yeah, a mill yeah. dialed in, mm-hmm. and yeah. it it it's quite an easy way. It's not something that you can do on the fly on a spare of the moment. It's something you need to. Really practice. Practice a bit. Yeah, yeah. well, PRS, uh, pressure environment too, always totally. always makes you think about, mm. you know, you got to think about everything, it's, mm. uh, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so I think the, uh, the lot of, often people are asking, which one should I do? Mm. And I don't, I haven't seen, I've seen good shooters use both. Yeah, well, my answer to that would have been practice both. Because a situation can come up where it can be <laughs> either so different stage, yeah, or whatever, mm, and adapt yeah. to anything, really. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I even had to do that where I dialed half half of it, 
and then held the rest because my scope's limitations. And that and that's another one. Yeah. I, I found that last uh, last week we were putting that two sixty out to a mile or just over, and uh, in, I didn't have uh, enough elevation. The scope only just shy a couple of mil, mm. but uh, I I actually um I dialed in. Look, I, I think it was about twenty six mil or so. So I dialed in twenty four or thereabouts, mm-hmm. and I held two. And it was quite windy, and so I, I thinking back on it, or after I shot it, I went, "What would have been more ideal?" Because I was ho- ho- holding in sort of open space, despite having a Christmas tree, because yeah. I was down to the second one. Because yeah. I should have actually taken one mil out of my dial, mm. dropped down a mil of my reticle, and that would have given me a wider That'd spread yep. yeah. uh, for my windage, mm. which would have been the more sensible thing to do. But I only thought of that. When I'd driven down on the target to see where it hit it, so well, that's um, that's a good thing about <laughs> using round numbers too. I mean, obviously, keep it simple. Yeah, dial up twenty, and then hold six because then you've got a plethora. Yeah, and I find myself doing yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I'm always looking for easy numbers. Yeah, well, that's right. <laughs> easy numbers to do because then you're yeah. just you're and, just and worried I, about the little one. If I've got like a point four or a point eight or something like that to worry about, I dial it. Mm. Even if it drops me another mil off, I dial just the the point because it's harder to hold a point six on the reticle than it is to hold a full mil. Yeah. Mm. And so, yeah, so generally we'll find for that larger one. It's funny how you think of these things afterwards when you're not. I thought of that during it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. (laughs) I just didn't, I only went two mil, not three mil hold. And, and, yeah, it would have worked better with the reticle, I think. So, yeah, but anyway, that's what, that's what I found. So I guess, um, I guess, oh, we're trying to battle with that, that thin metal again, get those Oreos out. Tell me there's two left. Sweet. Get into it. (laughs) That good. Be better in coffee though. There's that look again. There's that look. He loves it. He's used to it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. So I guess um, we, we do get that question from time to time is do, do I hold, do I dial? And the answer is that they both work. Um, yeah, both. Both of them work as well, really. Um, I think if you're going to really shoot a long way, you want that ability to be able to dial. Yeah. Um, because it's certainly it, – well, you, you could argue – you could argue that reticle is a better is more accurate if it's a well etched reticle and set right. But well, it has to be. Well, it doesn't have to be because it's, it's not etched perfectly or it's not set correctly. From the get go, it's more accurate. <laughs> you know, without so. without yeah yeah because there's always going to be tolerance within your dial. Totally. Um, that's not going to be sort of lining Which up can quite all be worked out, but correctly. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. You can work all that out, but that's um that's certainly something to uh, to consider. Is there any other times where you'd sort of think of dialing, holding, or anything on those lines? I, I should it's clarify. Yeah, and I just can't think of anything on the spot. <laughs> I um, at wind, I, I very, I'm like you guys. I very rarely dial wind. If I'm yeah. if I'm seeing a pretty constant over ten mile an hour wind, um, for the day, I might dial in a bit of, you know, maybe a couple of mil just to depending distance. But I'll, I'll dial in the appropriate soak amount, up. soak it up. So I'm still holding wind, but yeah. I'm holding from a certain point like a 10 mile an hour baseline and then i find yeah yeah that I'm, I'm my turret only goes x amount of mil dialing one way or the other so it doesn't go all the way around so i can't end up on the wrong rotation which is useful that's pretty good yeah you'd never end up looking like one of them idiots <laughs> <laughs> no no i do that quite often <laughs> in fact regularly <laughs> doesn't always have to be with shooting uh-huh. that's it. <laughs> you'd know all about that ben mm-hmm. yes <laughs> Good. Did I miss something? No. no. Just Brisbane. Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure we're allowed to talk about much okay. of Brisbane. Some, uh, yeah. Otherwise, uh, Badco might sue us. Yep. 
Anyway. <laughs> Doesn't sound shooting related. Let's no, it's not. Yeah, not really. No, really. <laughs> there was a gun expo there. Uh, that was I, part of it. <laughs> I think one of the um, getting back on subject is that. <laughs> why, the, why would we do yeah, that? Yeah, why would we do that? Um, I think the other limitation I found personally when we were uh, on that trip with the limitations I had with the scopes was not being able to, like you said, if it's, it has a cap turret on it, it's one of those things mm. that you really don't want to expose a huge amount because it's not necessarily, uh, you know, you don't have a cap in your pocket for one. Two, yep. um, you know, it's it's one of those things that it's probably not set up to dial like a tactical turret. Yeah. You know what I mean? So Yeah, look, there, there are some caps that will dial well, but you're right, in general speaking, it's not that same. They're, 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 not, they're not really designed usually no. to do that. So, um yeah, so that's one of the things I found was was limiting. But then when we were starting to shoot long range, it was like, well, lock it in at ten, mm-hmm. so that I know. Yeah, that's your certain distance. Then it's a certain distance, and that's and got, then, got your ten. Yep, and then I can do uh, an easier hold from there. So that was just mm. just one of the other um, selection things that I looked at because even the one that that was very limited had a turret on it. Yep. No numbers, no nothing, just dots yeah um which then made it even more difficult to return and have zero stop or any of that sort of thing so it was just a it was a nightmare really mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and, and I'm, that's... I'm trying to get it out of my memory actually so. <laughs> you keep bringing it back up i know i've the... got on my 22 now <laughs> <laughs> one of the um I think one of the things that comes across is, is equipment that's suited for the task as well, because you know we, we've we talked about. I should, I'm not sure we talked about. We we were talking earlier about a, a guy who was shooting with us on the weekend, and he had a duplex reticle, trying to do a uh, you know, tactical type shoot, a PRS style shoot, and it makes it tough. It makes it tough because mm. you're dialing everything. And there was a, there was a, that that one stage we ran, which was um, you could only hold. Yeah. And that would have been tough. That would have been real tough with just a duplex, particularly one if he's not familiar with the, the go. Now, you can certainly make a duplex work for you mm. if you set it up appropriately and you can sort of make it work fairly well. Yeah. But it's not going to be as, not as ideal as having the appropriate setup. And then, you know, we talk about Ben and the things he's trying to forget about not having enough mm-hmm. ability to dial. With a really good 22 scope. Yeah. It's an awesome 22 <laughs> scope now. And not, not having that full ability to dial. And, and I know, actually, we saw that, um, saw that with some guys uh last week or so where they they had perfect you know sensational scopes they were using mixture of night force and colors and something else and and the scopes were really good the guns were really good everything was fine there was nothing in their mounts no adjustments and so they were struggling to to dial beyond a thousand meters with guns that were capable Capable. well and truly capable of it and you know just to prove the point maybe it was a bit of a one of those moves, but um, I, you know, sort of said, "Well, guys, you and I have the same scope for the, the two lads that did." Put my gun next to them and said, "Dial my turret up," and then they got twenty-four mil out of it, and they went, "Right, how'd you do that?" So we talked about, you know, uh, canted, proper setup. Yeah, mm-hmm. real good setup. So with with um, canted rail and a canted um, mounts as well, and sort of a lot went on. They've gone, ah, uh-huh. right, uh-huh. that's. It's, it's no equipment failure here. We just haven't quite got the right equipment for what we're trying to do. To be fair, prior to that, they'd never done it, so mm. they didn't know what they needed. Yeah. So yeah, actually, you see, I see a lot of that with people coming into the shop. Um, they they have this traditionalist mindset where setting up a scope means that they need to have it as close to the barrel as possible, 
and so that it it looks streamlined. You don't want too much of a gap there. Um, you know, it's that's just, how I set my guns. No, I'm not talking about you. It looks cool. You haven't been in my shop. Uh, anyway, the, you're, not, you're not welcome. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but they 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 have this traditionalist view where they think that that you can't. It has to be low. It has to be nice and tight because if they if you put too much elevation on it, they're worried about flex and they're worried about all these other um, aspects of what's going to happen to the shooting. And as soon as I show them what I've set up on the M10, because I got a 30 uh, MOA rail on it, and then I've got a 20 MOA mount. Yep. So I got 50 MOA straight away, and they see that. And I start dialing my scope. I'm like, it just yeah, keeps we're gonna going. Be here for a while. We're going to yeah. be here for a while, you know. <laughs> um, it keeps going for a while, and they go, "Wow!" And yeah, and I said, "Well, this is what setup I want to do, so that we can shoot." The 2,000 plus meters, you yeah, know, you and just, that's what we want to do. You're just making the most of the elevation available to you in the turret. Now, yeah. whether you hold that or dial it, it's nice to have it available. Yeah, mm. totally. Mm, absolutely, because if you are going to be stretching out to those longer ranges, you need need to have that there as an option. Mm-hmm. Just curious, how much mil do you have in elevation with your setup? 34? Wow. I think about 34 from zero? From zero. Yep. Yeah, wow. Nice. It's cool. a long way, man. Yeah. It, just yeah. Keeps, oh, yeah. it winds out. Long That's, way. You got you got mills coming out of everywhere. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's well, it's almost like it's almost based out. Yep, for zero. As in for zero, be mm. like raining bullets. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> rainbow gun. Remember <laughs> when I got my three hundred eight on there? It's a <laughs> rainbow gun. <laughs> Good. So uh, I got a question to ask you guys while while we're here. Um, tell me if I'm mad or if this makes sense. So Ben, don't answer yet. Let me get the information out, mate. That's better. Put the I'm just down. hoping it's an easy question. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, Dan, I know which way you're going to go with this one, but um, I guess I'm, so I'm not asking you I anymore. guess I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, you, tell me if this Put makes sense. Up. I'll get there. I'll get there. This is my 338 we're talking. Okay. Now, I don't you know, I don't generally shoot this unless it's over 1,000 meters and beyond there, uh, you know, further again. I've been thinking recently about moving that to a second focal plane scope. Rather than a first, most of my you know, bent eyebrows <laughs> raised up. Most of uh, most of my guns are running first focal plane because you know for sort of PRS style shooting and stuff, it generally makes more sense. But given that that particular gun is never going to see a PRS type match, uh, and if it is, maybe it's an extremely long range match. You better start working out too. Yeah, because <laughs> it's a heavy barrel. That's a big gun. Yeah. <laughs> um, not much more than my two sixty to be fair. But thanks for noticing. Sorry. And <laughs> the uh, the other thing, but I'm thinking about going to second focus plane because I'm not really going to be shooting it closer than thousand meters or so. So I'm generally going to be on on a maximum power of twenty twenty five. I've got one if you're interested. It's on my twenty two. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for your thanks for your offer. It's a perla. It's a perla. You're gonna love it. <laughs> it's really good. It's really good. <laughs> Hopefully with thirty four mil of elevation, that'd be good. <laughs> but you know, I, I think. Um, you know, it's sort of easy to predict your subtensions. Um, yeah, sort of get good subtensions on your reticle. There's less of a problem these days with the first focal plane, but still, you know, your second focal plane, you can really get the appropriate subtensions running at maximum power, and and generally they're a bit cheaper for the given manufacturers and such. Yeah. Um, am I mad? Is that is that sensible? Is it silly? What do you guys reckon? I I I think it'd be fun to try. Um, I think it would be interesting to see, like you said, with cost-effective um, abilities to be able to use what you're going to be doing out at longer range. And like you said, if you have a nice, um, if you have a really good reticle on it, 
then I mean, like, I wouldn't suggest doing like a plex or anything like that because you yeah. probably won't I'm, I'm, won't be doing very much with that <laughs> if you uh, you know if yeah. you, even if you set it up well. No, it'd be it'd be an appropriate radical, but it'd be a radical tune for top for the top power. So it'd be, totally. it'd be arranged at the at say twenty five power, let's say. Yep. Do you think I'm going to find many situations where you know I'm going to be at twenty uh, say twelve hundred meters and not be running max power? It'll say it's yes. twenty five. Yep. Yes, but it's rare. Mm-hmm. Um, depending on the quality of glass. Well, let's say we're not skimping out on. We're going to get something. Yeah. Good. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So we're at the, we're at the top end, but we're we're still second focal plane. The only only way I can see it biting you is bad conditions with Mirage. Yep. And you need to wind down mag to cut through it. But I mean, that's pretty rare. It's happened to me once. Yep. Where I've wound down. I've certainly encountered that, yeah. and that's 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 the only only reason I can think of. It's present in my mind, yeah. Second focal plane will burn you. Mm. Yeah, mm. Ben. Yeah, look, that would be obviously one of the limitations. I I I don't see anything else that's a huge. I mean, if it's set up correctly, yeah, like what you're talking about with having the right, yeah, um, you know, right setup initially. I don't think that there'd be any issue with it as long as you, well, generally, like if with any second focal plane, you need to know what the reticle's set up for and all that sort of thing. So if you're going to do, if you were setting that gun up for that particular purpose, I don't, I don't see a massive issue with it Mm. because we have a lot of clarity here anyway and long range shooting here. Yes, you do get Mirage from, especially when we were up with the Flinders and stuff, we saw quite a bit of that. Yeah, they see that everywhere. It's, um, yeah, but yeah, totally. I guess you know, I guess F class shooters and stuff do that. You know, they run commonly second focal plane scopes. So you know, it's clearly it's, it is done. And and if you know, do encounter the mirage side of things, it can always wind it back. You can always do, half the power, half the hold. Do corrections on yeah. that. I mean, I'm not. There's ways around it. Absolutely. Going to be dialing most of it. Yep. It's only when you're pushing it really far where you really need to hold. But. Yep. Um, yeah, but see, you. This is the other thing too, is that having the experience from looking at all the other issues that we've just talked about mm. with setup, with magnification, with with your holds, all that sort of thing. How how you set it up, um, and doing that properly, you can make anything work. Yeah, you can make that. You know what I mean. And if you want to save a buck, you can make it work very mm. very well. Yeah, so. I think uh, uh, that's yeah, that's very true, and I th- we certainly can. You can make it work. I mean, make it first focal plane work because we've been using that, and that that works fine. It's not yep. to yep. it's not to get away from that. It's to look at you know getting the ideal set up for the gun, and you know we're not not generally big second focal plane fans for what we do, mm. but I'm sort of thinking that's perhaps where one would really suit w- yeah. or could be a really mm. good option. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I think if you um Work it through and go that way. I think it, you could actually get it to work really well, mm. especially if it's gun dependent. Like you're not going to swap from no. Different, this is going to you know, be a, a dedicated, dedicated, yeah, yeah exactly. Dedicated I think that's perfect for yeah. That no, sort not of thing. not buying it for any. I've got you know, scopes to put on the other guns for the other purposes. Mm. So mm. yeah. So anyone listening, I, I'd be really interested to hear uh, your your thoughts if that's something you've done. Um, I mean, yeah, go back five, ten years, five, six, seven, seven years. Uh, 
caught or we're in second focal plane mm. scope. So it's not it's not it's not uncharted territory, I guess, but we've just we've shifted so much and I haven't. I know. And that's why I said, you know, you're we, we knew what your answer was gonna <laughs> we be. We knew what your answer was gonna be. <laughs> but um but you know, be able to provide backup for it, which you've done, Dan. I think that's um sure. that's good. Yeah, that's well good. I've only got one that's first focal plane in my selection anyway. Yeah. Everything else is second. Yeah. yeah. Right. So You've just got empty boxes of other people's scopes, I'm guessing. Then. Oh, no. The, well, they there's have to be all empty, surely. They are empty because like most of them are on the guns. But <laughs> there's two the first vocal planes here. there. Oh, yeah, that one. No, that was the client's. That oh, one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. You just yeah. like the box. Yeah, yeah. good. No. Good. I just haven't turned it away yet. So, guys, I don't know if you've been listening to the, the podcast recently, but what we've been doing the last few episodes is a question at the end of the podcast that says, would you rather... Okay. I uh, missed that one. That's no. new to me. <laughs> All right. You never told me about that I know, one, yeah, that's right. You just told us now, right? <laughs> but I'm going to keep it on topic for tonight. Sure. Okay. So I'm going to give you the choice, and you can only choose one or the other. All right? Yeah. Bear with me and make sure I get these out correctly. It's like a test. It is. There's only one right answer. Very okay. pressured. Is whichever one you give. So the two options, would you rather? Would you rather get a scope that has uh, really good turrets, Excellent turrets and, and really reliable and repeatable and stuff with a duplex reticle. Or would you, like the reticle of your choice, doesn't matter what it is, but it's capped and pretty useless turrets. They're reliable, but you, you know, there's no numbers on them to dial. You can just use them to get zeroed. I think we've answered this. Reticle already. of your choice. What? Tell me what, you, what you're doing. Reticle. Yep. Yeah. Yep, Ben. Totally. It had to be radical. <laughs> Having said that, I will. Oh, hang on. Here oh, we go. Yeah. <laughs> I will not be happy with this. I would be annoyed that I can't die. You don't get to dictate the terms of the uh, the would the you question, rather. Buddy. You have to one you or said the your other. Can't, you can't take it back now. You can't take it back. That's it. <laughs> Damn it! Because that means I generally have to take the opposing position. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the, the turrets. Uh, as dying. if you I, no, I'm going to, I'm gonna, and I'm going to back it up as yeah, well. Sure. I'm going to put on my three three eight, and so I'm going to rely oh, yeah. on those turrets to die all the way out and get the gun set up really, really sweet, and just use my uh, little fancy duplex reticle on it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and get really good with the duplex. So that's our that's our would you rather? Yeah, I hope it's episode. a fine duplex for you too, buddy. A real <laughs> the, fine one. <laughs> it is the it is the finest duplex money can buy. Oh, yeah. Okay. Beautiful. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. So we'll put that up on Facebook and get some answers from you guys as well. Brilliant, gentlemen. Cool. Thank you very much for your time. You're and, welcome. Uh, good luck with whatever shooting exciting ventures you've got coming up. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow morning, mate. Tomorrow morning? Yeah. Yeah, having a crack. What? what, what Every am, morning, 8.30. Am I sitting there ready to go for something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. Some trips coming up. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. All right. Rabbits again. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> the Got black and white ones. 338 there. <laughs> <laughs> ah, they're very rare yes, in these are. parts. Oh, they are very rare around here. <laughs> they are now. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Thanks very much for coming in. Thanks, uh, guys, thanks, for Rusty. listening. And uh, cool. we'll catch up with everyone again soon. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Precision Shooting Podcast. To continue the discussion, check out our Facebook page. And for more information, head to our website, www.precisionshootingpodcast.com.au. This episode was brought to you by STS Steel Targets, premium shooting targets and accessories.